1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hi, this is Dick Van Dyke, and I always listen to the podcast Fly Fishing Consultant. Thanks, Dick, and now on with the podcast. <laughs> Well, what's going on? Happy summer. It is July 14th, and these are the weekends that summer's made for for anglers. So today, I spent six hours with a client doing a walk and wade all through downtown Fredericksburg looking for smallmouth. It was super hot out, but wet wading, you just don't get as hot. So we were able to be out there for six hours in the bright sun, a little bit of wind, and yeah, there was pretty good action all day, nothing huge. We got to see great things, it was beautiful. The river's crystal clear, a little bit low. We haven't really had that much rain. You'll get one or two storms that drop like three to four inches at a time locally, and that's it. So technically the DC metro area, I guess down to Fredericksburg, still in a drought. So I'm back from Fredericksburg. I left at 745. I got back about 40 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago. It's almost 5 o'clock now. Traffic was not that bad on 95, and I do miss living that close to the river. And speaking of living close to the rivers, we're going up to visit Caitlin's sister tomorrow. So we're going to be doing a quarry trip. At least that's the plan. And then possibly fishing up near Dam 4 on the Potomac. So I've got all of my smallmouth gear from today ready to go. If you remember last year's podcast, I was very upset with myself for not bringing inflatables with me. So right now, I have got one water master in the back of the Xterra, and I'm deflating the second one. I'm going to put that in its backpack, and then I just need to gear up my backpack with gear that I'll wear on my chest. One hand will carry two fly rods. The other hand is going to have my turtle box. 
If you've got the Turtle Box, remember, turtleboxaudio.com. If you use my name, you get 10% off. They are waterproof. They are made to take a beating. Don't give it a beating, but if it ends up getting busted a little bit, it can take it. It is the best sound quality of any Bluetooth speaker. People keep bringing out their little Bluetooth speakers at the pool and backyards, and honestly, they suck compared to the quality of the Turtle Box. But I was not using the Turtle Box charger, and it wasn't charging. I thought it was broken. And then I found the charger in my car. Um, it says Turtle Box on it, so I will remember that now. And it's all charged and ready to go. I've got a foot pump. I've got everything ready to go for these boats. I'm going to get my life jacket now, hanging up on the wood on the wood pile. Let's throw that in the car now. I've got my gloves, buff. I've got Crocs going to have about a gallon and a half of Gatorade, and I've got a big old bag of uh, of beef jerky, old trapper, old-fashioned beef jerky. Uh, this stuff's pretty solid. It's basically just a steak, and it doesn't have all the nasty stuff in it in beef jerky that I don't like. It's brown sugar. It's not all high fructose corn syrup. So this is a quarter pound, and I am not going to be sharing my old trapper with anybody that's going in my little yeti cooler and that's about it uh, the girlfriend has to teach in the morning so i will be in her office tying flies for the day and then we're going to take off i think we're staying somewhere up there and i will fill you in as these adventures happen so what this is is a private quarry uh, i don't know if i'm ever going to go back so i'm going to make the most out of it tomorrow it's one of the top places i've ever fished in my life it is within an hour, hour 15 of D.C. It is 70, 80 feet deep in spots. It is crystal clear. It is 50 degrees, and they're fishing it. And I really don't think these fish get fished for. Last year, all the smallmouth were sitting at the tops of submerged trees. I was laying down in an inner tube casting. It was not comfortable, so I'll be sitting up this time, and I plan on doing some serious smallmouth fishing. I'm bringing eight weights. I had a six weight last year, and it was tiring. So big, large arbors to get pick up back on the reel because these fish all had to be fought on the reel. And it's going to be just the standard Helgramites, uh, Clouser minnows, flymen, medium-sized uh, popping bugs, and then there's going to be my scorpion bugs, some of my bunny reapers, some worms, who knows what else I might try and catch fish on tomorrow, but I'm going to have fun. I've got a new hat I picked up at the Delaware Shore. Keep the sun off of me. And that's all I know that's going to happen right now for the weekend. We've got music. We've got inflatables. And I'm ready to go. I'm leaving here in about an hour. So I'm going to go pack everything up, and I will catch up with all of you whenever the second part of this weekend's adventure happens. That's it for now. So the quarry first day was absolutely amazing. The color of the water, the fact there was no one else fishing but one person, the depth of the water, the temperature of the water, the clarity of the water, and the chemical makeup of the water. It was so unique. And it's super weird that there's no birds of prey. You can see smallmouth and bluegill from 30, 40, 50 feet away at the surface. I have pictures of fish where you can see the spots behind the eye on the gill cover of a bluegill from 25 feet away. It was remarkable. And the flies that worked best were top water. The flyman-sized small poppers that we tied at beer tie was the fly of choice the first day. 
the girlfriend was sitting on the back of the water master while I rode, and she was catching fish on them. And then I switched up to the scorpion bug and was throwing that, and fish were coming for that splat and the wobble of the legs and the small push of water it makes when you strip it in. And after we were there, we packed up, drove way up river to Caitlin's sister's house, settled in for a bit, and then we headed down to the Potomac River. This would be the upper Potomac River, where we met West Virginia William and somebody who I haven't seen in several years. Let's introduce yourselves, pronounce your names, and say where we are right now, and, and we've met before. I'm a number one fan, Michael Turner. Were you a listener of the week once? I was. That's awesome. Yeah. It's good to meet you again. Likewise. So where are we right now? Butler's Ford on the Potomac River in Shepherdstown, West Virginia. And how's the day been out here so far? Beautiful. There's only one fish, though. Smallmouth. Well, there was only one fish that I caught. Yeah. So what, what time did you get out here today? Uh, I don't know. What was it? 3.30. 3.30. Let's say hi to West Virginia, William. Hello. William Cardis from Shepherdstown, West Virginia. How long have you been fishing this spot? Uh, at least 15 years. How is this year compared to some previous ones? It's looking good. Um... A lot of minnows and crayfish are coming back, and we've had pretty good luck. Where did the crayfish go? I don't know. They disappeared after the floods a couple years ago, and they're finally coming back. Um, it's nice. A lot more minnows this year, and some deer up there. Right there. Drinking. Yeah. We've got deer. There's been all sorts of food going by today, besides fish. Canvas bags. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying... Uh, Canvas bags, wood ducks. Little white poppers? Little white poppers. That's the name of the game out here. What about little yellow poppers? Would that work for tomorrow? I'm going to have mm. to go into your wife's crafting materials tonight and look through some things. We're going to have to make some white poppers out of... Small white poppers, yeah. Cigarette... Um, Filters would be good. I got plenty of them. All right. <laughs> so what's the plan for tomorrow out here? This is go out and paddle around and see if we can get some. Tell me about this cold water that comes down here. There's an um, underground um, spring that comes up about 150 yards upstream. And uh, it's nice cold water. Sometimes you'll see muskie around there, uh, fall fish, uh, Walleye, um, it's a good spot. It's a good spot to hang out on. What'd you see? Nice Just up day. above that trestle bridge there, yeah, the Rumsey Monument. There's a uh, real good walleye spot. To, well, I guess the town run comes out there, isn't it? Mm. And right at the end of the town run, you can catch walleye most of spring, and pr you could probably catch them there now, but. Do we have to worry about these people below us spooking our fish? No. All right. Uh, I know we got a minute or so left. I'm going to go swing this fly through one more time. What do you got to say about that? Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> with all of your stage presence, yeah. you come up with howdy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we sitting on right now? 
We're sitting on a hillbilly dock. It's a eight by eight on four fifty-gallon drum barrels. Can you put uh, a car seat on here? Bring the kid yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, they'd love to come out and jump. Yeah. All right. I'm jumping in. Take it out and anchor it in the middle of the river. I'm looking forward to doing that later. All right. I'm going back in. All right. Good morning. It is Sunday. A little bit before noon. It's pretty hot out here. We're under a flood watch advisory. Rain pretty hard back home. And I'm prepping gear. I'm not sure if I'm going back to the river or to the quarry today. My preference would be to go to the quarry just for logistics because the ladies are going to the quarry and if we go floating, that puts us away from each other with a chance of storms. I don't know if I want to do that. I think going to the quarry would be a much safer option. So last night I tied up some white flies in case we did a float on the river today. And I happened to get Caitlin's sister's white craft foam out and tied up a couple of flies with that. And tied up a bunch of beetles. And then got up this morning after I slept super hard last night. And first thing I did this morning was tie up a know, dozen plus beetles for William to go trout fishing. He was telling me some crazy limestone streams in West Virginia that he has fished over the years. And the size of the browns and how they'll eat beetles. So hopefully he catches something huge on them. And I forgot most of my stuff back down the mountain so I had to borrow a bunch of his tools and materials and then I had enough to tie one claw dad he had one claw left from claw dad pack and I think that's going to be the fly of choice down on the river today but in case we go to the quarry I tied him up one green scorpion bug kind of tough to do it with six hot thread and then walk to the farmer's market five blocks away got some peaches and we're back up here now I put on my fishing shorts I got my long sleeve Patagonia hoodie on and when we got back from the farmer's market I pulled off a really old orange six weight line on this bat and kill large arbor and I put on a seven weight line that's bright green it's much easier to see and now I'm tying a leader for it which is why I sound odd because when I tie blood knots I have to put the tips in my teeth to tie them where it doesn't work I'm gonna pull right here so a little bit over three feet each 30 pounds 20 pounds 10 pounds and then if I do a dropper it'll be eight pounds much easier when you tie your own leaders because if it breaks you know exactly the poundage so what I'm going to do is get all of this stuff loaded into my shoulder bag for the day including my lanyard so I'm not worried about hooking myself or not being able to pull out flies or change flies when we get down there and yeah that's about it so definitely glad I brought the net um, I don't know what the plan is but we're gonna be floating within about 30 to 40 minutes there goes the neighbor in her car I miss my Miata I used to have 
British Racing Green 2004 Miata. Didn't sound like that one. But my goodness, that was a fun car, except when you're tall. Alright, so yeah, we're going to take the turtle box down today. We are going to bring a bunch of Gatorades with us because it's hot today. Didn't really bring any fluids with us. Going to have my PFD. And I was doing some research on this quarry that it is 900 feet deep in spots. Uh, that makes me really nervous being out there. I don't know what that fear is called of being over really deep water, but that's what I experienced yesterday, and I don't know if I want to do that today. So I'm going to check in with y'all later, and um, it's going to be a pretty sweet weekend, and we're already making plans to come up again shortly and do it all again, and I will remember to bring my scissors and hooks next time. Alright, so I've got my leaders all organized uh, in poundage orders, left to right, as always, 30 pound max, you know, 30 pound max, I don't know what that is, 20 pound, 14, 12, 10, 8 pound Berkeley Vanish, that's in a Plano spool holder, and I'm going to put that in the net, I'm going to put my lanyard inside my shoulder sling and I got my bag of beef jerky that's going in my shoulder sling so then I'm going to string up this rod into the car and I'm going to go grab a purple Gatorade and wait for everyone else this is going to be fun I'm looking forward to this this is just an awesome summer weekend where I'm just not worrying about anything else going on in the world just chilling relaxing having an adventure and fishing because fly fishing is life So I'm just about the end of this tunnel of trees. It's going to open up now, and in the background, I mean, it's just this turquoise water and these white, chalky cliffs and this white, chalky beach. And then you see this water, and you're just like, what is this place? I'm not going to probably ever come here again, and I don't want to ever forget what this place looked like. This is just stunning. You feel like you're in a completely other part of the planet. And then there's this little peninsula of land that goes out into the water you can walk on, and it's about 100 feet deep, easily on either side. We're going to park in the shade now. The part about walking down the stairs and the trail just didn't come out. So when we got there, it was super hot out. I wanted to get down to the cold water. So I got my backpack on, and that had all my gear in it, plus the boat, plus the pump, plus my PFD, plus my shoulder bag. And then one hand, I grabbed the sixth weight and the eight weight. And then the other hand, I don't know what I had. But I did not bring the turtle box down to the water with me because there's other people there that just didn't need to hear my music. And no one had ever really played music there before. So I figured why interrupt the sound of nature with everyone having to listen to my music. Decided to leave the second boat up there in case William came and wanted to grab it. So we're down in the water, and this was supposed to be ladies' weekend. So I pump up my boat, and I'm like, whoop, see ya. I didn't stay to hang out with the ladies because they were all there, just old friends from college, and they were all hanging out together. So I pumped up my boat a little more than yesterday, and that way I could get out there and just row a little bit easier. I'm going to swear that that six weight was on the spool, the plastic cartridge backwards. It wasn't the 
original cartridge that it was bought on. So I think it may have been on a reel and then spooled off. And then I spooled it from, I had the wrong end of the fly line to my backing. So the casting fat head was there and I had the thin running line end where my line was. So it was really hard to cast. But my first fly of choice was, I want to do the Snallygaster. I want to throw this cool undulating fly along the tops of these trees and watch these fish come up and just absolutely crush it. And nothing did. I maybe had one look. And I've got limited time here, maybe two hours to fish. And I may never be coming back here ever again. So I fished hard and that fly is not doing it. So I decide I'm going to go back to the scorpion bug. And nothing would seem to be biting out in the treetops. So I start focusing more along the shoreline where the goldfish was the day before. And I get a couple of huge bluegill. These things are well over a pound. They ate a size 2 4X long fly. That would fit in the size of the palm of your hand. And then I find this one sunken tree, and that's where I'm just going to focus the rest of my stories on for this podcast. That There's this one tree, and my legs are in the water because it's hot out. And I've got my Crocs on, and, and both days, I'm not wearing flippers. I'm just paddling with my Crocs left and right. Gives you a foot cramp. And I paddle myself right in front of this tree, and I throw the scorpion bug down, and it lands with a splat. And then out of nowhere, this big smallmouth comes out and grabs it and goes straight down. And I lift the rod to set the hook, and I blow the hook set, and the fly goes crazy. And it had another fish following it trying to figure out what was going on. And I throw the fly to that fish because it's so clear, I can still see everything that came out from the tree. That fish grabs it. I set the hook and I lose it. So I don't know what the deal was, maybe because the fly itself is so long, that when these 14 to 12 inch smallmouth are grabbing it, maybe I'm just not getting the right hook set when I'm in this weird boat sitting with a nine foot rod and they're going straight down. I don't know how deep they're going. So I lost a couple, but I'm not changing my fly. And then I start throwing it up against the bank, and I start putting together the pattern of how they're biting. It's you slap it down, let it pause, strip, strip, pause, and then you get the explosion. And William can tell you that's exactly what happened because he paddled up on a paddleboard. Right at the moment that I kicked away from this tree to give it a break. And there's a tree about 30 feet to the left. So I kick and I get it right at my 12 o'clock. And I strip out some line. And I know it's going to be a hard cast because this line is backwards. And I go one, two, one more. And I launch it and shoot about 30 feet of line total out of my rod tip. And it splats. And as clear as this water was, I can replay this until the day I die. This fish comes out, and it's dark. And it's bigger than any fish I've encountered so far that day. And I know it's going to bite because the last five or six casts, I've been throwing it, splatting it, pausing it, stripping it, pausing it, twitching it, pausing it. And I know now I need to get all the slack line up and onto my reel. And I've got my old Bat and Kill Large Arbor, which is just one of the best reels ever made. Couple cranks. I've got the rod pointed at the fish. I've got the line going through my trigger finger on the rod, and then my left hand. And the fish comes up, 
and does like the juke left and right. As all these fish have been doing, they check it out. They go left. They go right. They kind of put their head up to it. They back up a bit. And then they just, they commit. You see that tail burst. The water explodes. The mouth grabs it. It goes down. I set the hook. And I know this fish is bigger than any smallmouth I've ever hooked on the top water. I've caught two very large smallmouth in my life. One at the middle Potomac at Scott's Run, one at Four Mile Run. And then I caught a fairly big one once at the Low Water Bridge like 23 years ago on the Shenandoah. But I've never really gotten a huge smallmouth on top. And William is there, and he's hooting and hollering, I think, because everything has just gone blank. I'm only seeing this fish, and it's... I've got all the slack up. I'm fighting it, and it's going straight down, and I'm pulling up and reeling. I'm pumping. It goes down. I pull up again. Last year, I didn't bring a net with me, and the fish that did get in the boats would flop around and cut me. So I've got my gloves on, and I've got a net this time. It's a net that I found at 69 Ranch in Colorado, July 4th, 2009. So if you lost it, maybe 2010. If you lost your net out there, I still have it. So I've got my net. And I put it on my lap, and I just don't think this fish is coming in. There are so many submerged tree branches that it's just, you think it was impossible. And I wish someone had been filming this because it was just so surreal. The size of the fish, the clarity and the color of the water. I mean, this water looks like blue raspberry flavored. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. Kool-Aid Gatorade Frost. It is unreal. And I get the fish in. And it is the biggest fish I've ever caught on top water in my life. On my own fly, on a leader I tied myself, on water I paddled to, and figured that's the spot I want to catch my fish. And luckily, William had his camera, so we got some pictures of it. I took pictures. And one of the cool things about the Watermaster is you can just drop the fish right between your legs. And you can see it go down. So I was kind of done after that. I decided it was time to go back and take a break and have some beef jerky for lunch. And I took a short break, five minutes maybe. Uh, nobody wanted to go out on the water master. Everyone was hanging out in the shallows. So I decided to play with all the fish in the shallows. It's crystal clear. And what I'm learning is the beach that we're on is actually the top of another set of caves. So the caves across from us are what are actually below us. This water is very deep. There is who knows what's down there. And you always hear the story about the scuba diver or the construction worker that went down and saw the catfish, came back up and said they're never going down there again. I guarantee you there's something down there that would eat 
a human if it got the chance. Because this quarry is 100 years old, and who knows how the fish got there and how long they've been in there. So as I'm taking my break, eating my beef jerky, I cut off a dropper worm that was dangling out of my bag, and I tie a loop around it, and I put it on my finger, and I just dangle 18 inches of tippet with a wormy in, and boom, I caught a fish on my first drool drop. And I caught a couple more, and then uh, I put the beef jerky back. I gave the little hand line to West Virginia William, and I went into the caves. And as I was in the caves, I again was definitely frightened knowing how deep that water is, how cold it is. I didn't spend a whole lot of time in there. You couldn't see the light coming through on this day like it was the day before. And there were some bluegill hanging out by the mouth, so I cast and I caught a couple of bluegill, and then I paddled through the tunnel and came out another entrance, and they look like garage doors, big rectangular entrances into these cavernous caves built into this limestone hillside. And I picked off maybe two smallmouth and was like, all right, I'm done. We've probably got 30 minutes left. I'm going to go just chill on shore and sit in the cold water. So I go back. William takes out the raft. He's got his own six-weight T3 nine-foot beautiful rod from back in the day from Orvis. It's about 20 years ago rod. I used to have it in a nine-foot five-weight. So I'm hanging out on the shore. The ladies are still all talking, and I don't really just want to sit and do nothing because there's fish, and it's one of the craziest places I've ever been. If you remember last year, I was told if I went to the left, I'd be shot. So there's a guy in his paddleboard who starts going to the left, and I'm watching him, and I grab a couple flies, and I start walking that way, and it's a straight drop-off. There's this white beach a foot deep, and then just the cliff. So I decide I'm going to put on one of my bunny reaper flies. I caught fish all on top water all day, caught fish on a worm. Now I'm going to see if I can jig up something on a crayfish-looking fly. So sure enough, you just toss it in, and, and 20, 30 bluegill just go to it, and red-breast sunfish. They just have to inspect it. They don't know what it is. They're curious. And there's this really steep, dark blue drop-off. And I throw the jig on it, and I start slowly just flicking my rod tip up and down where I'm making the line move up and down and that is then transponding to the leader to the fly and I'm slowly jigging this fly up the wall. And sure enough, about a 10-inch smallmouth just comes and freaking crushes it. I had the girlfriend start filming. She gets it all on film. She gets some great, cool close-ups. Those are on Instagram. But I'm not done yet. I want to catch one more fish as we're packing up on a fly I've never fished for bass before, and that's my bacon fly. So I cut off the reaper, and I stick on the bacon fly. Again, you throw it in, and fish just start crowding around it. But you need a fish that's big enough to eat it, and that's when you start seeing the smallmouth just coming out of the depth. Like, you open a door, and they just walk through it. Sure enough, the smallmouth grabs it. It starts flip in the air. I get my camera out and I start taking pictures and there's still shots of this wildly fat black streamer in its mouth. I bring it to shore. I take pictures and then it's time to pack up the whole thing and head back to northern Virginia. So we get back to shore and the water master, there's just two valves. You deflate it, lay down on it, push the air out, fold it up and stick it in a backpack, zipper the backpack. You can grab your gear and start walking. William didn't want me to go back up the stairs. I think it was like 38 or 40 steps. 
didn't want me to go all the way back to get the second raft. So we just left that one there and we traded. So he got a little bit of time on it. I got a little bit of time on it. And it was absolutely wild being able to see, again, fish in the clarity, fish in the depth of this hauntingly dangerous place where it's only been 12 months since somebody died. Um, I kind of freaked out that people go into these tunnels and caves just holding on to a pool noodle. I'm wearing my life vest. I didn't have it the first hour I was out there on the first day, but I made a promise to my mom who's no longer around, and I still keep that promise that I'm going to wear my life jacket because a lot of people that die when they're out fishing and boating are not wearing life jackets. And if you look on social media, no one's really wearing their life jackets in drift boats and rafts and canoes and kayaks. So please, wear your life jacket. I have the one that if you fall over in your conscious, you pull and it inflates. It's not intrusive. It's not hot. You can row with it. There are kinds that you can have on your waist. There are some that when you fall in and go to a certain depth, they charge or whatever, discharge the CO2 and they float you up to the surface. So please be safe. Um, I had a great time. I tried out different flies. Uh, the girlfriend caught some fish, which was awesome. She felt bad. Smallmouth she hooked got the hook in its tongue, uh, capillaries or, or whatever, veins, and it was bleeding a bit. So we threw it back in. It swam off okay. But it's deep. It's dark. It's haunting. I'm probably never going back again. Um, I think that having the water master this time heavily improved things, but it's not the most perfect watercraft because you're sitting down the whole time. So what I'm looking forward to coming up is maybe fishing out of a new type of fishing craft. So you're going to have to stay tuned to find out what that is. In the meantime, I want you to go enjoy your summer. There's only a couple weekends left. I want you to fish hard. I want you to be safe. And if you have any questions or comments, shoot me an email. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to robsnowwhite.com. Click on my link to my Etsy store. And I want you to buy some of the flies if you think they'd help you catch fish, because I do. I want you to get bass on like I did. I want you to have bent rods. I want you to have that exhilaration of a smallmouth eating a fly on top water. Uh, the Snallygaster fly works. It just didn't work there that day. But it was an absolutely brilliant location, and I'm terrified of it, and I definitely have thalassophobia. If you're still listening, I just want to let you know, I had to record this after I finished everything. I've never caught that many smallmouth bass in my life in that short amount of time. I've never caught that size of smallmouth consistently in that amount of time. And that secret was half a foot of water on the shallow banks casting from out in the water towards shore right off the shoreline. That's where the smallmouth were most that day. Every other time, they've been in the treetops. And it's really weird when they wrap you around the treetops and all this like gooey algae comes off. It's super creepy. That was the coolest day of fishing I am probably going to have all summer, if not all year. Thank you for downloading the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. We've been doing this for 14 years, and it means a lot to me that you've listened all the way till the end of this episode and stay tuned for the next couple episodes because yeah there's going to be a new boat that's all i'm going to say bye thank you for joining us for the fly fishing consultant podcast for more information or to contact rob please go to 
www.robsnowwhite.com. Podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com. You want to succeed, you want to fish, you want to be one of the greatest. Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.